All righty. Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers. Happy Wednesday. Boy, we're hump day. We got uh, Steven Luker uh, from Bleacher Brothers Monday. You had Harmony yesterday with uh, Jim, who talked a little Tiger Town talk along with the Blue Jays, because I get those two teams confused all the time. Now we got Nick, and he's a part of this Talking Some Royals baseball. So happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. Nick, how are you? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Happy hump day and uh, happy to be on talking about Royals baseball. So let's just jump right into it. Okay, so I was out at spring training last week on Saturday, whatever that was, the 24th. I went to Surprise and I saw the Rangers take on the Royals and they both share the same facility. Gorgeous facility, by the way. Absolutely breathtaking facility. Mm -hmm. Don't tell the Dodger fans I said this, but I like it better than than camelback but what can i say camelback was sold out it was hot it was miserable <laughs> um you guys have a young team you you really do and you you kind of look like you're ready to go in gear and so tell me a little bit about the outlook tell me about the outlook for 2024 yeah uh, it's surprising for being a lifelong kansas city royals fan that um the pocketbook's kind of open. Uh, you're, you're used to Kansas City always having having top prospects and having young guys in the majors, but now the pocketbook's a little bit open. It's not obviously Yankees or Red Sox or Dodgers money or Chicago Cubs money, but um, you know it's open and and the I think that's going to work to to the benefit not just for 24 but 25 and 26 too. When you look at it, uh, you got guys like. Michael Walker on uh, one-year deals with one-year options who slots in the rotation. Seth Lugo's the same way. He's He's been a proven starter before some injury trouble. Uh, Will Smith, obviously a proven starter. He's got three rings mm -hmm. on his finger. Big one out of the bullpen. Uh, Chris Stratton's a big one in the bullpen and former starter. Um, I remember seeing him. When I was still in college, just watching MLB Network and passing when I was working in baseball, and um, he threw a, I think he threw a no hitter for the Giants. So it's to have a guy like that in the bullpen um, is great. And then just recently, I think within the last week, uh, some catching depth with with Nola, Adam Frazier coming on board, and Hunter Renfro's a, a big bat at that lineup. So it's a, and all those guys are at least on one or two year deals. So. It, it may be temporary, but you got a little bit of time with them and, and a really young team. So it, by all appearances, yeah, you're going for the the consistency on the mound, but some firepower too when it comes to uh, when it comes to the plate. And um, traditionally, or at least traditionally in the last couple of years, it, it felt like Kansas City was really streaky offensively and could have some games where they put up double-digit running get one or two hit the next night. So uh, to add that offense to, to things and some consistency with the offense and um, some power, Kaufman has never been an easy ballpark for power hitters. I mean, that dates back to, to the, the Royals of the seventies and eighties when uh, they were battling out with the Yankees every year. There are reasons guys like Willie Wilson were winning batting titles, hitting more triples than home runs. So um but yeah, it's it's exciting, um, especially to have a manager who has a full staff. That that's his staff. You don't have any carryovers. Baseball operations is kind of the same, but they're revamped with with JJ Piccolo taking the reins uh, a year or two ago from from Dayton Moore, and um, 
yeah, continuing that that trend of developing young talent and moving them on. But it's still a slow rebuild. Uh, that's why you they go out and get these guys for one or two seasons on one or two year options to bring them back. Uh, but you can't your guys. Um, that's and it's not the name of the game anymore in baseball. You want multi multi year contracts and and big ones, but. Um, on the field, yeah, the outlook looks good. Uh, you, you'll see how it, how it goes once that first pitch after opening day, you get through spring training. Uh, as I was saying before we came on, the Royals always look great in spring training because you get to see all those prospects that they're they're grooming. Um, my joke was at least uh, going to games with my dad is the best time to see the Royals, or at least growing up, was late in the season because that's when all the minor league guys were getting called up. So they had all these fresh guys who hadn't been uh, – burned down on, on a kind of a road weary uh, major league season and getting beaten left and right. But um, they're also fresh faces for the competition uh, off the field. I, I, I can say I'm with the Royals fans who are, are kind of trying ownership in the court of public opinion. The team on the <laughs> field is exciting. Ownership is not exciting. Uh, right before opening day, a, a big, big vote coming up for this for the city of Kansas city and, and the County there that um, is going to help decide whether there's a new ballpark in Kansas city and the K kind of goes by the wayside or goes to, to whatever it becomes. And uh, from what I saw the ballpark renderings, those are just renderings. So they're just initial artistic renderings, but um, I saw no K vision, which is a big staple of, of, the in-game culture and, and the activation portion of that. I saw very few fountains. There were some fountains, but um, new Kauffman Stadium, whatever it may be named, it did not um, look exciting to me as a, as a baseball fan, especially when you've got some expansion markets out there that are putting forth some very impressive renderings for uh, new ballparks, for new teams, or potentially relocating teams. Um, so it's... Yeah, it's it's difficult to be a fan of a really well Oakland A's fan. And no, it's difficult an exciting team or a young team and not be a fan of the ownership that's spending the money on that team. But um, no, the outlooks it's going to be a fun season no matter what happens. Um, and Kansas City is always doing something. Um, so there's always a good storyline where where the Royals are concerned for baseball. I, I agree there's always a good storyline, and you just answered my question that I was going to ask you about the K, but um, let me ask you this. Where do you think the Rangers are strongest, and where do you think they're weakest? And kind of maybe a two-part question. So where do you think they're strongest, where do you think they're weakest? And if you were given the keys to the kingdom, you were the GM for the day or the week, what holes are you going to fill? Now, here's the genesis to this question. I love the fact that you got young guys. I love the fact that what you did with Bobby Witt Jr. But I also like the fact that you're bringing in veteran talent that's had success, like Todd Frazier, things like that, where you can kind of coach up those young boys. So I like the direction. So talk to me. He's of the kingdom. What are you doing? Where do you feel your strongest? Where do you feel your weakest? Yeah, from a GM's perspective, even from a fan's perspective, or somebody with with my background, having worked in minor league baseball, maybe not on the development side, but you still see a lot of of the development process as it's occurring. Um, nobody likes bad news, but bad news comes first, or the weaknesses have to come first. So you do have a lot of veteran players 
in now on those one and two year deals or those one year deals with options. The problem I think that the Royals might find is that a lot of those players have an injury history. There's a reason they're not with that organization that drafted them or paid them big money or kept them around for a long time. Uh, Michael Walk is a big example. He yeah. was an, an NLCS MVP. I mean, he's a postseason pitcher. He was one on the mound with one pitch away from from taking the Cardinals to the World Series. So it's um, it's difficult to to balance put together some great seasons the past few years for um, the injuries that he's run into. Even it'll be sacrilege to fellow Royals fans, but Salvador Perez is getting old. The smile doesn't age, but, but the catcher's body does. So um, he's had had knee surgery. He's had a UCL replacement. So um, it, you got to look at it at, at, at that way. He's, and he's going to hopefully, you know, fingers crossed and he's been vocal about being a career guy in Kansas city, but, um, you never want that to become a weakness for the team as well. Lugo had, had a partial UCL. That's what kind of ended his, his tenure with a big rotation and a big money rotation. And then random things like, like Austin Nola, as I was reading up, um, kind of preparing to speak with you, he had an, had an eye condition or an eye issue that he wasn't seeing the ball. And that's why um, he was optioned down to, to El Paso by San Diego. And that was something that had to be remedied. So now he's in camp to add depth and, and on contract to add depth and um, maybe a platoon situation there, but still um, there's some random things that follow ball players along. So I, that's that's just something to be leery of. Um, and then you've got younger guys who haven't really made the transition from being those prodigious minor league guys to big league ball players. MJ Melendez batting 227 career and um, Nick Field guy and, and having a good offensive profile in the minor leagues and then coming up and having a slash uh, – across the board twos really. And then you have Daniel Lynch, Alec Marsh, some, some arms that those are highly touted guys on the mound, high ERAs for the people who care about ERAs, high whips and in the 1.5 range and then nine to 10 hits over innings pitch. And that's not what you want in a ballpark that keeps the ball on the ground. And uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult, but um, with most of those guys being on short term deals, there are there have been some good spots. Stratton had had a good year with the Cardinals a few years ago. Um, Jordan Lyles is is a tested guy on the mound as a starter, but it's still a single digit win season. You can only do so much on the mound, obviously, and and some people don't care about the records as much anymore. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a balancing act, and it's one they'll have to play with with uh, as well. So every every ball player has their journey, and and the Royals are uh, are collecting guys who have had had a little bit longer journeys or, or more circuitous journeys than some. But uh, there are some strengths to it as well. So uh, that's the that's the good thing about getting those tested guys. It, there's a youth movement. Kansas City has a system. It it's probably not what it has been in the past couple of years. They've as of the end of 2023, I think they only had one guy in the top 100 at the end of last year, but those rankings change all the time. Uh, and they've got two guys in their top 10 prospects from last season, or their top 30 organizational prospects. They're on the major league roster, roster or they're on the 40 man. 
And then they've got another five or six guys who are double A or younger. So that says that pipeline's still still going. So that's that's a big strength. And when you've got younger guys who you traded for, like Cole Reagans, who can come in and um, be a shutdown guy. He was obviously he came out of the gate in spring training not leave a gap from last year and then you combine him with a guy like michael waka if he stays healthy all season and gets back to form you build a rotation around those guys so uh it's good to see that that ownership has that that both that ability and that willingness to go out and sign players instead of just relying on the minor league system but um yeah, you you got to have that balance, and for now they still have the K. Uh, it was no nothing. Nobody had a winning season in Kansas City per se last year, but they did win more than than they lost. Um, well, they won more at home than they they won more on the road. So it's um, yeah, there's that, and and having good records last year. There's some roster turnover, but having a good record against the White Sox and and going almost 500 against the Guardians. And going fourteen and two in September, playing spoiler against the Rangers for their division hope. It um, it was fun to fun to watch that at the end of the year. The Rangers system to to be a part of that was was good. And then uh, looking at the promo schedule for for everyone visiting the K bobbleheads and T-shirts, lots of bobbleheads and T-shirts. I know they're they're doing the uh, the. The late inning crew, the the fireballers from from 14, 15, 16, uh, some interlocking bobbleheads with with Kelvin Herrera and Wade Davis and, and Greg Holland, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes bobblehead in there. Obviously, I, it it almost seems like even as a as a minority owner, he's he's on the field as much as some Royals minor leaguers when they get called up. But uh, and then Blue Fridays tea blue t-shirts on Fridays. If you look at the promo schedule. So, uh, it should be fun at the K whatever the Royals are doing. And they're still, still top of the class when it comes to the promos and keeping fans engaged in Kansas city. You know, I, I love, I, so attracting talent comes down to winning, right? So guys, guys that win, um, teams that win, are able to attract other talent, even if management's not going to pay for it, because they're looking for that ring, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how much is enough? Latrell Sprewell says, I got to be able to afford to feed my kids when he was the highest paid basketball player in the night, <laughs> right? And at the late 90s. Oh, 12 million is <laughs> not enough or whatever he said. It was just silly. But, um, I mean, baseball players make enough money. So you just said what you would do. Now, tell me. I'm going to give you my answer to this in a second, but do you think that the Rangers are playoff contenders for 2024? Um, it would be great to see Royals baseball back in, in the playoffs in the postseason. Um, it's an, it's more of an open field now with, with ever changing. It seems like playoff formats, but um, I'm, I'm conservative. I'm pretty cautious. Um, I haven't, haven't broken or, or jaded when it comes to postseason baseball, but um, seeing it from the player development side for, for several years too, I, I don't know that Kansas City's there yet. I would like to think so. It is a division that's pretty open. Uh, I mean, Detroit is looking to make that jump, even if they uh, finish nine games out from the division in second place, four games under, under 500. Um, so they may jump Minnesota 
for the division and it only took Minnesota 87 wins to, to take the, the AL central last year. Uh, but you're still in a rebuild, but you're also playing teams like Cleveland who have a hall of fame manager who's retired. So you don't have Tito Francona in the opposing dugout for the first time since 2012. Um, which is a Cleveland, a Cleveland guardians issue, but it, it's a benefit when, uh, you, when you've got, um, a team and, and had a good performance against them last season, even if rosters flip quite, quite a bit struggling a little bit, getting settled with a, uh, a second year manager and a second year GM, Chris gets, who's a former Royals infielder. So, um, when, when you've got former, Kansas City personnel running other organizations. They know what the culture's like too, but um, the White Sox, I think, are still scrambling. So there's there's a chance. It's a pretty open division, but um, for a team like Kansas City and a market like Kansas City, even with ownership who's willing to to uh, put a little bit of money on the table, winning right now, especially in baseball, you see it with with Shohei and and Tim Anderson, everyone else who's who signed. Um, even even one year deals or carryover deals or rental deals, it's it's got to be an ownership willing to put the big money into a deal or willing to trade the farm to to bring somebody in who can and be that player to push everyone over. Like having a guy who's who's won like. Um, like Will Smith coming in, having a guy like Waka, even though it's been a few years, who's won. Um, Chris Stratton's won before between the uh, that Cardinals run he had and then starting his career with San Francisco. So you got the culture guys in place and it's willing, having the willingness to go out and buy that talent or, or trade for that talent. Um, not to say that it didn't work in 2014 or 15 because James Shields, Johnny Cueto, and Edison Valkas were not Royals prospects. They were guys who were traded into the organization and uh, some minor league prospects went out to get those guys in. So, But I think conservative after after several several years what 2018s when when the this the downward slide started to to get to the rebuild and, and start rebuilding back up after fourth and fifth place seasons a 500 record is a great goal for a team and uh third place finish at at least is is on a good track especially with the young talent and the veteran guys they have to uh to build off of in the future so i'd like to say it's a playoff team um everyone can can surprise somebody um the nats did it in 2019 and won a series and there are rings on the fingers of some of these vets coming in so it, it'll be an interesting season i hope it's playoff baseball right now i'm i'm a little more conservative than most about it though I'm looking at the numbers, right? And Minnesota wins it with 87 wins last season. They could have won it with 79 wins. That's where your second place team was. Um, 92 or uh, the year mm -hmm. before, Cleveland won it with 92 wins, but they could have won it with 82 wins. And the year before that, uh, the White Sox won it with 93 wins, and they could have won it with 81. So you're right. It it's a division that's still looking for an identity right now, which is why you can go from 56 and 106 to a playoff baseball team. Um, and I think the Royals, they're young enough. I think that they can do it. The key in this division is going to be using the rules against your opponents. 
i.e. get guys on, get them over, get them in. Don't worry about knocking the ball out of the K, right? Don't worry about like the opponents mm. and things like that. Don't don't go for the long ball. Just get guys over and play historical baseball, right? Get a guy on first base and slap it the other way. Go oppo and take him first to third on a hit and run versus, you know, now you have first and third and say nobody outs versus trying to hit a home run and flying out to the right fielder. It's just a different mentality for baseball, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you look at uh signing of a guy like, like Hunter Renfro um, and even Salvi breaking the, the single season franchise home run record, um, the way that shift was made, even for, for Salvador Perez is going all out every swing. So you got guys who can do that, but you got guys who can, can contact somebody over. I, I think Bobby Witt, Junior is gonna gonna be a big part of that. Um, you know, Royals baseball's really traditionally been station to station baseball. There've been some great power hitters like Balboni and um, George Brett. Obviously, got a hold of some, whether they were contested by certain late Yankees managers or not. But um, <laughs> that was one time. Yeah, it there there's there's um, there's there's room for some power in the K. There, everyone likes for one to go in the fountains, but, uh, um, I think there are some, some guys out on the market. Uh, if you, you ask the, the GM question, what would you do? I think playing, playing for some cheap market depth is, is a smart choice as well. You've got some guys on the market still. Um, Mike Brasso is a big contact guy. He's still out there. Well, he's not out. He's in your camp. He's a minor league signing. So we got the invite and, um, Looking at guys like Adalberto Mondesi, who's who's out there on the free agent market, they traded him away. It'd be a nice homecoming to Austin Meadows. Has he's on the free agent market while we're speaking, and then Tommy Pham or projects like Kyle Lewis. All those guys have speed, and they're they're free agents, and they're relatively young. Tommy Pham's a little older, but he's a culture guy too. That brings some pop in the bat. But when he gets on base, he's he's running. So. Um, yeah, that's something to look at, and I think I would do that, and then I'd look at that or look at that minor league organization, uh, Kansas City. Even though they haven't done it year over year, there's some opportunity with even 2023 draft. Logan Martin out of out of Kentucky, who, even though it's not the same as a minor league development system, those guys are coming out of SEC baseball, and if they've played at least two years or pitched at least two years there's a chance they might be ready. They may have jumped to that double A level and double A traditionally is, or at least in the last 15 years has kind of become the new double A triple A is like the, what used to, what career minor leaguers used to call trip or quadruple A. That's that, that's that gap between double A where you make that big step and you're ready and um, not having to go to triple A, but um, yeah, that's, there's some opportunity out there and and i think uh there are some guys that if the guys like i mentioned um like brasso aren't able to to make it or don't make the cut in camp you can still look at the market for some cheap talent and and fill a gap here and there and whether they're big power guys who are asking big money i don't know but whether they're guys who can play station to station baseball probably fits a little bit better with your home ballpark yeah yeah, everybody's missing their 
they're missing the the age old theory of baseball, right? I mean, and you mentioned the SEC, so obviously I cover some college baseball too, and that SEC is that's that league's better than some double uh, A uh, baseball. I mean, you you've got some talented talented kids in that SEC, and I I know one that pitches for Tennessee as a freshman, and it's it's mm-hmm. brutal, man. It's you look at what some of those teams that they have to play and you look at some of the the um, ballparks and things like that that they play in um, and some of the tournaments that they play in, it's amazing. It's a lot different than the Pac-12, right? <laughs> Pac-12. Oh, we're yeah. we're going to go play Oregon Pac-12 State. And... Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Pac-12. Um, big Big 12 is that way as well. Um, there's there's definitely a little bit of difference in in playing a ball game at, at K State in the Big Twelve and playing at um, Oklahoma State. I mean, and it's and Oklahoma State's not probably the best example. Brand new ballpark almost, but um, yeah. And the SEC is it, it's it's a hard hard ticket league now um, for college baseball. Um, I was lucky having worked around a college baseball team to, to be, you know, taking equipment or being the uniform guy for, for midweek games at, at Vanderbilt or the university of Tennessee before they started um, renovating the ballpark in Knoxville. And yeah, it's a, you, especially in midweeks, you've got some teams that'll surprise teams like uh, was looking Austin P state took, uh, took down or took a midweek sweep on Mississippi state. So who knows if Mississippi State marched a, a freshman or a sophomore out there or a guy that that they're just trying to to get over until the next um, big weekend series. But still, yeah. um, if you can st- go into an SEC ballpark and and play or bring an SEC team in and and take at least a win out of a two game midweek series, it's that's a different level and uh, that's the level of competition where when more teams are going after tested college arms you know they're skipping a couple development steps um and it doesn't just go for arms you've got guys like adley rushman and in baltimore who did not spend a whole lot of time in in minor league baseball and and he is there and he is ready so um and the orioles vote traditionally uh so they've got jackson holiday in the pipeline and um Let's just say it wasn't as surprising to people who, who've read their Baseball America or watched watched a little bit of Orioles baseball in the past couple of years to uh, to see them jump out, grab almost 100 wins or just short of 100 wins and take a division last year. But, um, yeah, there's some ready talent, and I'd say Kansas City has the system. They've got the guys in the system and uh, a little fluidity at that top minor league level to the, to the majors and uh, – you may have kind of a, a rotating cast, but if that gets you through a, a midseason downstretch and gets you through to the end in a in a pennant chase, everything yep. helps. Doesn't get any better, does it? Doesn't get any better. Well, Nick, I, I know you got stuff to do on a Wednesday morning, so I'm gonna let us wrap up. But one additional question for you. Just pick one. Mm-hmm. One team that's gonna be a sleeper and the MLB to have a good season this year and one team that's going to be a sleeper to have not a good uh, season this year. Rapid fire, 90 seconds. Ooh, 
Um, one team trending up. I'd really like to to think that even with the guys out, San Diego may put something together and and make okay. a push. So um, I, that's that's what you hope for. It's a competitive division. The Dodgers spend a lot of money, but Dodgers always spend a little bit of money. So um, know your audience. Know, know your audience. No, um, know your host. Know your host. No, I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, and then. Um, I think there's probably a lot of hope going into into Seattle. Um, probably looking for a rebound year. I don't know that they're there. They're going to be as good. So sorry, Mariners fans, but um, it's maybe a 500 team and, and a little bit better. But um, every team's got to got to win that midseason battle and and get through the All Star berth, the Divi- defending World Series champions, and then all those that team that's always been there, like the Houston Astros, it's, it's a little bit tougher to put a good, good pennant chase together. Here you go. Trending up Pittsburgh pirates, trending down, trending down um, the San Francisco giants. So, I mean, anyways, Nick, thank you for spending your Wednesday morning with us. Let's do this again. When we do a central, uh, when we put together a central one. So let's definitely chat here soon. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I produce and host a show called American ballpark road trip. So that is our Instagram AM ballpark RT and, uh, travel to, to minor league and, uh, minor league ballparks and beyond to showcase the ballparks, the teams and communities they call home. So AM ballpark RT is the, the one to follow to, to keep track of our travels and see our uh, teases of our full length episodes and got a few coming out and, and the uh, ballpark road trip is planned for, for the summer, take the show and, and show people some baseball where they may not think it is. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, Nick, I, I always appreciate you being on Top Fan Rivalry followers. You want to pick somebody's brain, you reach out to this dude. This guy has some knowledge <laughs> upon knowledge about ballparks and about baseball. Just listening to him today talking about how talent's rated. I love it. So, Nick, I appreciate you being on. Uh, for those of you listening that haven't done this yet, the season is upon us. You are going to want to get locker room access if you don't you are going to miss out on a bunch of content brought to you by a bunch of fans. So Nick stick around for a second, but thanks for joining us on Wednesday. And we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. You bet.